Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to The Art of Unraveling. Today on the podcast, I want to bring you a workbook type thing. I don't know if that's what you'd call it. A way to work with your thoughts that I learned many years ago. And oftentimes I forget about this because I learned it so long ago that I don't really, it's not really something I use all the time, but it is something I give in my Lightworker Academy program to the women that I mentor to learn to do all the work that I do, the coaching, the healing work. It's a 10-month mentorship. And anyway, this is part of the program. It's just, you know, a very small part of the program, but I give this to them. And so I came across it and was like, oh, this would be great to share with all of you. I learned this from, this is Byron Katie's work from her book, Loving What Is, which is an amazing book. I highly recommend. This was part of our yoga teacher training way back in 2010. And this little work is called The Four Questions. And yeah, let's dive in. Let's dive into The Four Questions and see what this is all about. So you'd want to use these four questions anytime you have any kind of nasty thought that's bothering you. And The four questions are, is it true? Can I absolutely know that it's true? How do I react when I think the thought? And who would I be without the thought? And then you turn it around. So let's go in a little bit deeper. So you want to ask yourself, let's say you're having a thought about your partner watching too much TV, your husband watching too much TV, whatever, your wife watching too much TV. So you'd want to ask like, We're going to use that as the example. So let's say Paul watches too much TV. That's your the thought you're having, and it's really bothering you, right? You're like thinking about all the time he's watching TV, and he's not there for you, and he's not paying attention to you. He's checking out. He's emotionally unavailable. He's not attuning to your needs, Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you just start getting mad. Like he doesn't do anything around the house, whatever the thing may be. So you ask yourself, is it true that Paul watches too much TV? And it's just a yes or no. These first two questions are just yes or no. So you might say, Yeah, it's true. He's like watches a lot of TV. So let's say that you say, Yes, it's true, he watches too much TV, and it's not good for him. This is kind of getting into shoulds, right? The reality is he does watch too much, and that is how it is for now. Arguing with what is. So again, her book, remember, is Loving What Is. And I know she talked in her book, it's been a long time since I've read it, but about her daughter being a drug addict. And she herself was an alcoholic for many years and kind of had an epiphany where these four questions came through on like one of her darkest moments. I vaguely remember her saying like she was on the floor and, you know, maybe said a prayer and these four questions came through. 
So it's all about loving what is, loving what is, all of what is, right? So she had to learn to love that her daughter was a drug addict. And anyway, you have to read the book to really understand that. But so she's going to be saying what is a lot. So the reality is he does watch a lot of TV and that is how it is for now. Arguing with what is, in this case, his watching TV, is like saying it shouldn't be raining outside. Do you get that? But it is raining outside, and that is out of your control. Arguing with what is is only causing you stress. Without the should or shouldn't, we can see reality as it is, and this leaves us free to act efficiently, clearly, and sanely. So another question you can ask for this first one is, whose business is it? When you think that someone or something other than yourself needs to change, you're mentally out of your business. Of course, you feel separate, lonely, and stressed. Paul is over there living his life in front of the TV. You're mentally over there living his life in front of the TV, and no one is here for you. Then you blame your loneliness and frustration on him. Ask yourself, whose business is it? How much TV Paul watches? And can I really know what's best for Paul in the long run? Paul should watch less TV. Is it true? Whose business is it? So this isn't saying that we put up with people's behaviors, like if they're bothering us, it's okay to say things, to speak your truth to others, right? But we all know that we create our own suffering by our mind, by incessantly thinking these thoughts, like he shouldn't be watching TV, it's ruining his health, it's terrible for him, he's not doing anything with his life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're just sitting there suffering with all of these thoughts and totally not enjoying your life in that moment. And you're probably doing this all the time. So find out what that thought is for you. We all have one that we're just stewing over and stewing over and stewing over. And allow yourself to do this work. Okay, number two. Can you absolutely know that that is true? Here's where you kind of catch yourself because you can't absolutely know anything. So I always say that. Like you can't absolutely know anything. Like, I can't know that Paul is watching too much TV because I don't know, I don't, I just don't know that that, like, what is the most amount of TV that you could watch? So if you do say yes here, you could add, and that means what? Sometimes the reason for the stress is from your interpretation of the fact. Example, Paul doesn't listen to me, and that means that he doesn't love me. So you're taking this interpretation And you're making it because you're filtering it through your core wound, whatever that is for you, whether it's abandonment or feeling not good enough or insecure, you're taking the situation through your core wound and making it about you. He's watching TV and he doesn't listen to me because he doesn't love me. You can also ask, like, what's the should? List out the should or shouldn'ts here as a way to see where you have been trying to live in a should rather than reality. What's the proof? In the example, Paul doesn't love me, you would write out all the proof they have of that. Example, he walks by me without saying anything. He doesn't call me when he's away. He doesn't acknowledge me, etc. And then you would take each of those statements through the four questions. All right, question number three. How do you react when you think that thought? 
This is where you're going to pay attention to how your body feels, what your emotions are like. Do you feel empowered by the thought or disempowered? Where do you feel it in your body when you're thinking that thought? So you really have to tune inward here. So when you're thinking the thought that Paul watches too much TV or that you're not going to be good enough to get the job interview or whatever the thought is, really focus on where you feel that and what it feels like, what emotions come about. Do you feel excited? Do you feel empowered? Do you feel sad? Do you feel like you want to just go get into a bed and not leave? You know, do you feel depressed when you think that thought? Really tune in. And then can you find, these are like additional questions. So there's really just four main questions and I'll repeat those again at the very end. But another kind of sub question in number three is, can you find one stress-free reason to keep the thought? Or can you see a reason to drop that thought? Just know we're not asking you to drop it, but just see if, if you could. So number four is great. Who would you be without the thought? How would you feel? What would you do? You know, would you feel empowered? Would you feel lighter? Would you be more at peace, happier? Would you have more energy to create things, to spend time on yourself, to et cetera, et cetera? You get the point there. And then number five is the turnaround. And this is an important part of the work where you take what you have written about others and see if it is true or truer when it applies to you. As long as you think that the cause of your problem is out there, outside of you, as long as you think that anyone or anything else is responsible for your suffering, the situation is hopeless. It means that you are forever in the role of the victim. For example, the statement, Paul is unkind, turns around to, I am unkind. Or Paul doesn't love me, turns around to, I don't love me. So this is where it gets kind of real, kind of that hits you in the gut kind of feeling. There's three types of turnarounds. So we're going to use the statement, Paul should appreciate me. First, turn it around on yourself. I should appreciate myself. It's my job, not his. Next, turn it around on the other person. I should appreciate Paul. If I believe it's so easy for Paul to appreciate me, can I appreciate Paul? Can I live it? And then the third turnaround is the opposite. Paul shouldn't appreciate me. That's reality. Sometimes Paul shouldn't appreciate me unless he does. So this can get really deep and can get really real for you and can really shed some light on some shadow parts of yourself that you've been maybe ignoring. And it's just a really powerful work. I don't always, when I've done it in the past, I don't always do it full out like that. I just will sometimes, like if I'm thinking a thought in the car when I'm driving that's not great, I'll just run through the four questions. Because sometimes just doing that alone shifts my mindset. Because we just kind of get stuck and we think that the thought is ours when it's really just some inner critic or some, you know, voice of our parents or society or whatever that's kind of in our ear. And it's not even ours. So let's just repeat the four questions again. Is it true? Can I absolutely know that it is true? How do I react when I think that thought? How do I feel and where do I feel it in my body? And who would I be without that thought? And then lastly, turn it around. Turn it around on yourself. Turn it around on the other or make it the opposite of what you're thinking. 
So I hope that serves you this week. Give it a try. Give it a go. Let me know how it goes. If you want any more support in this or any journey in your life, reach out to me. I do one-on-one sessions. I have my nervous system group program and more to come. More things to come. (laughs) There's always more. So reach out to me. PureLightWellness.com is my website. You can find me on all the social medias at PureLightHealing. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope to see you again. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember... You are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.